I've got that it's about time to start. If you need a, a lesson, uh, they're on the back table back there. There's two sheets. Um, as far as announcements, uh, just please remember that uh, next uh, for the next two weeks, uh, midweek service, uh, due to the holiday, uh, we won't meet. Um, please contact Jonathan Penrod for additional details. There's a, a New Year's Eve lock-in. Uh, starts 9 p.m. on December 31st and ends at 7 a.m. January the 1st. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's for anybody that uh, can stay up all night. I I don't know when was the last time I saw a New Year's Eve come in. It's for teenagers, isn't it? Teenagers. And uh, then uh, the girls' retreat is planned for January 24th through the 26th. Uh, we need to remember that next week the uh, church office will be closed, so we'll not have a bulletin uh, or a midweek update. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on uh, December 29th, the last Sunday meal, will provided be, be be provided so just bring your appetite um on the prayer list uh jerry davis was placed on an alternating schedule for chemo pill uh due to an adverse reaction to the daily dose um evan johnston is scheduled for knee replacement surgery on december the 19th micah sexton a former member has been in the ICU at Baptist uh, for several weeks, serious health issues. And then Cecily Story, her father, grandfather, passed, uh, Herschel Story, passed away last night. He used to worship here. Uh, the funeral will be Monday at Jacksonville, Arkansas at Moore. Uh, visitation starts at 1 and will after. So let's have a moment of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time and we thank you so much for the blessings of life that we have. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come and study a portion of the Word. And as we study about these first century uh, churches, let us apply those principles to our lives that we might better serve you. We ask a special prayer for those on our sick list, those that lost loved ones, and Father forgives us our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You should have two pages for the lesson tonight. Um, the first one is the, uh, which is a, uh, a summary of all the seven churches, and then the, each church has a greeting. It has a description of Jesus, has a uh, commendation, and then it has a condemnation, and has a warning and a threat, an exhortation, and a promise. There are two churches that we will study, one tonight and one in January, Smyrna and Philadelphia do not have a condemnation or a warning or a threat, and we'll get into that. So, <clears throat> I'll get this figured out in a minute, sorry. Let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor. And thy patience, and how thus thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from hence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the, f the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, 
will remove thy candlestick out of his place, and except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitan, which I also hate. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to him that overcometh will I give to eat the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise. We see in here a description of Jesus. It talks about his, his power and his protection, his presence and his perception. He says, I know your deeds and how that they are, they work at it. But he has, I have against thee, uh, against you, you left your first love. What does it mean, you, when it says you've lost your first love? Okay, okay, falling backwards, falling away. One of the things is that the Nicolonians were followers of Nicholas of Antioch, who uh, taught a doctrine of compromise, implying the total separation of Christianity. The practice of occult paganism was not a sin. And on the lesson that I emailed out to you, there's a, a footnote on there which goes more into detail about the Nicolonians, uh, the Nicolaitans, and uh, but and what their practice was and all. <coughs> What uh, I want us to look at, the church of uh, Ephesus has lost their first love. So if we look at, we have, I think that among other things, we have five great duties that we as Christians should do. We should watch. Christians are to watch so that they remain faithful. What do we mean when we say we need to watch? What are we watching for? I'm sorry? Okay. Be on guard against the devil. That was the thing about the... We need as Christians to watch against false doctrine, false teaching, compromise. And we talked about that on Sunday morning in the auditorium class about uh, studying the first Peter, about the compromise of how Christianity and everything. The second great duty is we need to stand fast in our faith. We do that through our study, through our being together, meeting just like this, studying, through our fellowship. We need to be brave, <clears throat> be brave or grow to mature Christian. Paul says it once had the sincere milk, and now that you the meat. Does Christian grow to where we have the meat? Yes, sir. Exactly. Okay. We need to be strong, be strong and of good courage. We see that in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And then we need to do all things with love. Love is the major theme of the Bible. Anything that you need to add to or take away from these five great dudes? Okay, you're correct. And I went blank. What's the passage? Faith without works is dead. James, okay. So, you know, that tells us that we, no matter how strong our faith is, that we have to also um, do the work. Yes, Larry. Okay, okay. Love God, obey His Word. What was the third one you said? Worship. Okay. But yes, exactly. Everything falls under those three broad categories. We've studied Ephesians. Uh, we know that Paul's prime work on the church, the body of Christ, um, in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians, in this book, are many great uh, Bible doctrines are expounded. Paul wrote Ephesians about A.D. 60. John comes back 36 years, about 36 years later. And writes to him and says that you've lost, uh, you've left your first love. We know that Ephesus was an important city to Asia Minor. It was on the coast. It was part of, uh, uh, it was close to the Isle of Patmos. Some, there's some theory that, uh, John lived in Ephesus, was arrested and put on, on Patmos. That's just church 
history. So no proof of that. But we know that Timothy was a preacher there. And so there's only two of these seven churches that are mentioned in the New Testament. Ephesus was one and Thyatira was the other one. So, excuse me. Let's look at Revelations 2, verses 8 through 11. And this is one of the shortest lessons, or letters, excuse me, uh, to the seven churches. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of, <clears throat> fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown. What do you think it means when Smyrna is the rich, poor church? Smyrna was a great trade city. Uh, if you lived in Asia Minor in those days, you would have been aware of the fact that that Smyrna was a great trade city. Smyrna at this time was a beautiful city. It was an important political uh, city. But the difficulties to churches there was the emperor worship and that there was a large Jewish population. And we talked about in the introduction in class of symbolism that the Roman Caesar or the Roman Caesar of the Roman Empire considered themselves as a god. And you had to go once a year and swear allegiance to Caesar as a god. If you did not, you were arrested, you were persecuted. And then we see that also that Smyrna had a large Jewish population, and they had to deal with that. So <clears throat> look at that outline that I that I gave you, which has the the seven the seven cities the seven churches. And if you look at and go across where. Um, if you look at the description of Jesus in Ephesus, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden can- uh, lampstands. And in Smyrna, he says, the first and the last who was dead has come to life. What's he mean here? The first and the last. Okay. One of the other things is that the consolation that they had, and I don't consider this a consolation when it says you will suffer. Um, but it is that you are you will be saved. He tells Smyrna that if you will go through this, and just like us as Christians today, how we develop our faith. Ernest? Yes, I think so. I think that, my opinion, I think that because they were Christian, they were outcast from what the emperor and what the, the Jewish population and all. So they were probably poor. But yet they were rich in the graces of God. So, yes. What's the difference between unto death and until death? Okay. Okay. It's it's two steps. Unto, where to um, remain faithful unto death. And then until death is when you actually finally pass away. Anything else about Smyrna? Like I say, this is the shortest of the letters. And it's also the one that does not have a condemnation. Let's look at... Verse 2, I'm sorry, verse uh, chapter 2, 12 through 17. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he that which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. 
even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful murder, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast uh, there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which, th- uh, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword in my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear that the, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat the hidden manna, and will give him a, a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that received it. So, <clears throat> Pergamum was the capital city of the region Asia Minor. It was also a literary where everyone uh, had uh, books to read and everything. It was a historical city, but it was also an idolatrous city. Christ says that he's a sharp two-edged sword. And in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God, two-edged sword. What's, he, what's the meaning of the symbol of a two-edged sword? Okay, cuts, cuts both words. Um, I think of uh, a two-edged sword as something that's very dangerous that you wouldn't mess around with. And that we should not, um, I mean, we should always have our faith in Christ. We think of two-edged sword is in battle. As Christians, we battle Satan. The, cond- uh, the commendation, <clears throat> I know your difficulties and I know your dedication. How can we show or know our dedication? How would that apply to us today? Obeying the gospel? Okay. Okay. Come to church regularly? Okay. It's how you act every day to everyone? Okay. Come on, there's a few more things. I'm sorry? Okay. Okay. We start by obeying the gospel, continue by attending worship and fellowship with our fellow Christians. We show our Christianity through love every day of the week, not just when we come together. We show our faith by what our works are. So pretty much that's our dedication, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Good deeds. That would be our works would be the good deeds, right? Okay. In Galatians, God created us for our good deeds. Okay. What's the criticism that he has? What do we know about the teaching of Balaam? And again, on what I emailed out, I put the footnote down there kind of explaining what Balaam was and uh, how Balak was. But Balaam was kind of a, uh, a sore spot to the Hebrews. Um, one of the things about the teaching of Balaam, I guess the easiest way to describe it is by compromise. And it goes back to what we studied again um, last uh, Sunday morning about compromise. Do we ever compromise our Christianity? Okay, no we don't. We stand fast. Sometimes we are criticized because we stand fast. We don't. We have to worry about our peer pressure. I think one of the things that the Gentiles, once they obeyed the gospel, I think one of their biggest difficulty was the Jews trying to tell them that they had to convert to being a Jew and follow the Jewish tradition. And that's where Paul in his letters here, where he's writing the letter to that you don't compromise my word. You don't have to accept what uh, what the others, uh, I mean, what the Jews were doing and everything. So again, if you look at the description of Jesus compared Ephesus and Smyrna, you know, it says here he's the one edge, uh, the one who has the two edge. This is 
All seven letters are written angel of the church. What would be the angel of the church? The letter, these seven letters are written to the seven churches. But the greeting is to the angel of the church of Ephesus, Smyrna. So who's the angel of the church? Their leadership. Okay. It's a possibility. Okay. Angel means messenger. So who's the messenger of these seven churches? Okay. This is the one that God sent to have John write the letter. Okay. Ernest? Yes. He, he was angry because they compromised the truth to the world. Okay. Here's your assignment. Define who the angel of the church is. I don't know. So this is uh, one of those opinion things that... So anyway, that's your assignment. Part of your assignment is to define the angel of the church. Nothing wrong with that. It, it, it is, sure, okay. <laughs> not a not an angel, you say, but a the congregation, members of the congregation. Okay, let's sidetrack just a little bit. There is a theory among people that study Revelation is that because these seven letters are in the same book, that they were not written specifically to the church of Ephesus or the church of Smyrna, but they were written to the church. Now, I have no idea. And the only way that I look at that is that doesn't have effect on my salvation. So, you know, here again, this is where we can really get into trouble. We look at Revelation. We think it's literal, figuratively, or symbolic. I think that, you know, if Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, as close as these seven ch uh, churches were, that that letter probably was circulated throughout the churches. My opinion. That's how these letters were, you know, through the providence of God, was saved and put together into the Bible that we'd study. I think that the book of Revelation was written to these seven churches, but it was handed all around to all of them. My opinion. Doesn't matter. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. Any other thoughts? Okay. Revelation 1.11 says write a letter and send it to the seven churches. So I'm not going to do that. And I think that I think that we, as we study Revelation, we take these things just like we would study Acts, apply that to our lives, how we actually become a Christian. We take Paul's letters and James, the letter of James and John, Jude and apply those letters to our lives as an example of how we're to live. And I think that that's the purpose of Revelation. He had specific problems with five of the seven churches, but he wanted to encourage all seven of them that they, the t tribulation that they were facing, the persecution that they were facing, was short-lived. Even though they may not have thought in their lifetime that it was short-lived, but as Compared to eternity, the length of it and all be, be faithful unto death. Anything else? Most definitely. The things that he wrote, we need to apply to us here at Summers Avenue. And I think that's why it's very important that we study Revelation, even though it's hard to understand sometimes. Let's look at Revelation 18 through 29. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, these things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are fine brass. I know thy works, and thy charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, 
because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that committeth adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of the deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one you according to your works. But But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast until until I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received my father. And I will give him the morning star, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord saith unto the churches. So what do we know about Thyatira? To the churches? Okay. Good question. Right. I think that that's kind of like some of the places where, you know, you think it's singular, but they use plural in in the Bible. Um, We'll we'll study that. Um, What do you take uh, from him saying that um, in verse Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce. Was there a woman in Thyatira named Jezebel? Or is this a symbol from the Old Testament? A symbol from the Old Testament? Okay. What do we know from the Old Testament about Jezebel? Very evil queen. Thyatira was known as a city that Alexander the Great built. It's known for its fabrics. Uh, we see in Acts 16, Lydia, and this is the only other. This is the only time, uh, other than Ephesians, that one of these seven cities, Lydia, from Thyatira, and a seller of purple, and that's fabrics is what made Thyatira. So if we look at the Christ, at Christ. His character, he's the Son of God. His knowledge, eyes like a flame of fire. And his judgment, feet like burnished bronze. What's the scent? What, what can we take about the burnished bronze? No, you're not saved by the bell. we got a few. What about strength? Can you compound brass and make it strong? And his knowledge is eyes like a flame of fire. Who else do we sometimes think of as having eyes of fire? What? Superman? <laughs> um, I sometimes think of, you know, we see the description of Satan dressed in all in red and got the pitchfork, the tail, and his eyes, you know, that's a humanistic. Yes, Ernest. The symbol of probably the type of worship that they were doing at Thyatira. One of the things that we have to remember is that when Revelations were written, this was during a time of great persecution. So I believe that Revelation was written in symbols that they could understand because they didn't, because of the Roman Empire and the possibility of that. Thyra Tower was known for love, for faith. Yes. What? I'm sorry, I thought somebody said so. Um, for love, for faith, for your service, uh, perseverance, your growth. But then he comes back. And it's a pattern with 
most churches. Tolerance of false doctrine. This is what Paul and Peter and all of them wrote. That, you know, Jews constant went in and tried to uh, change the doctrine of Christ. And so they always had to be watchful of what the doctrine. Um, in two weeks, January the 8th, we will pick up the other three. We are courting his lesson. If you are interested, um, I think they're being placed somewhere out on the web. Um, if not, uh, would like a copy of it. Uh, brought a USB port, then I can get you a copy of it. We did not um, we did not record the first lesson, but two and three has been. Thank you all very much, and thank you for your participation.